The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Hello, Sequel Questers. This is a Sequel Quest Rewind. Diving back into the archive to December of 2015. This is episode 5, a sequel to Galaxy Quest. Welcome to Sequel Quest, the podcast where Adam, Jeff, and Jeremy invite you on a cinematic journey to create prequels, sequels, and reboots to your favorite movie franchises. Joined by special guests along the way. Sequel Quest is go for launch, so let the adventure begin now. Thank you for returning and welcome to Sequel Quest. This week we'll be covering the 90s cult classic Galaxy Quest. And now to your hosts... By Grabthar's Hammer, I am Adam. I'm Jeff. And I'm Justin Hammer. And I'm MC Hammer, Jeremy. (laughs) I'm excited about this week's episode. When I think about Galaxy Quest, it's one of those films that for me is, uh, it's way better than it ever needed to be. Would you guys agree with me on that? Like it Mm. it could have so easily been just a nonsense parody of Star Trek. And I feel like they really, from like the special effects to the story itself to the actual acting, like it, it really is like more like a loving tribute, right? Like it just, it has a good heart to it and that the performances are actually pretty good uh, overall, I would say, like in terms of them taking it seriously. What, what's your thought on that? Jeff, you, you take it. I don't know. For me, it's it's kind of like, I, for some reason, when I watch it, I always think about like the little movie that could, even though there's nothing little about this movie. Like it was a big movie, and I mean, it was, uh, you know, DreamWorks had kind of just gotten off the off the schneid, and it was, you know, wanting to kick it off. But it was the funny thing, and even if you go back and you watch the trailers, they had no idea how to sell this movie because it, like you said Adam this is kind of what they thought it was they thought it was like a spoof of Star Trek and uh, like for me that was one of the reasons I didn't want to see it initially because I'm a big Star Trek fan and they pitched this movie like it's either going to be making fun of Star Trek about how dumb Star Trek is or making fun of Star Trek fans and how dumb Trekkies are and then when you actually watch the movie you're right it's the exact opposite and it's such like it's such I don't know. It just does everything well. And um, I remember somebody saying, too, that really made me think I watch it differently now is that the difference in the movie is the performance of the aliens, the thermites. Yeah. The way that they sell everything that the cast does is brilliant. Right. Yeah. Like facial expressions. Oh, yeah. they, They could have very easily been this like one note joke that went on way too long and instead like instead of being annoying they're just like sweet innocent children worshiping their heroes and you just you love them they're just so sweet throughout the entire film it's it's crazy to me and like what was the main guy's name mathazar yeah mathazar oh my that who was that what actor is that i think it's 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 like an italian name and i can't i can't remember was he in a bunch of stuff after that because like he did a he was my i think best actor of that entire movie hands wow. down like I still, I, yeah yeah i i mean I, I have to say to to respectfully disagree with you guys um i thought the movie was awesome when i saw it in 1999 and i watched it recently and i was like i i agree with you adam in the sense that like it uh it was better than it needed to be but it wasn't anything great and i mean i i 
shouldn't I don't think anyone should expect anything great out of it. But I I was, you know, through the movie, I was kind of I was kind of bored because I kind of knew what was going to happen. And I but the humor was really good, especially with those aliens. Oh, my God. And I I knew it was going to happen. I've seen it before, but I saw it again for the first time. Those aliens just made me lose it. Like they were so good. And Rain Wilson. Yes. Yeah, like, Rain Wilson. And uh, I had I didn't remember him in there. And is the one of the aliens, isn't that one of the guy from uh, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I, is it not the same guy? No. I, I'm, you might be thinking of Joe Latrulio. And uh, yes. No, it's, it's not. Joe Latrulio is not in that movie. Dang it. But uh, well, Joe Latrulio, if and when you're listening. <laughs> You should have been in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you turn it down, Joe Latrilli? He was been he was busy. Uh, I guess the end of the state had ended, and he was looking for work. So oh, he should yeah. have been in that movie. What was going yeah, on? Yeah, right. Yeah, but like, but but uh, Justin, by the same time, you said it's not great, but I don't, I I think you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who said they don't like Galaxy Quest. It seems like one of those movies that whenever it comes on. People are going to sit down and watch it. Like, Jeremy, where do you fall with Galaxy Quest? Galaxy Quest, I liked it. It was, as has been said, it was better than it should have been, but it's not anything exceptional. Yet it still falls into that category of, as you're saying, if it's going to be on TV, uh, I can watch this. Or if you're just putzing around Netflix, you can be, oh, Galaxy Quest, I know that one. Or it's late, late night, and you just want want something to fall asleep to. That's funny. You, you, you put it on yeah. Netflix and chill, you know. Yeah. Oh yes. Now I I have a, a slightly special connection to this movie. Um, my senior year of high school, I actually went to this meeting. Uh, you know where uh, the screenwriter David Howard was speaking. So this was like a year after this, like in two thousand, when the movie mm. had had kind of found its audience to a certain extent. And so he had a little bit of name recognition, I guess. And so he came and was speaking and just talking about his experiences in Hollywood and and trying to be a writer and all of that. And I got to talk to him afterwards. And uh, I don't know, it was, it was kind of an inspiring moment for me because he was just like a normal, nice guy. And I was like, oh, normal, nice guys, you can go write stuff. And I said, so what do you... What do you recommend? <laughs> you know, if you, if you want to be a writer, and he's like, "Well," and it's pretty much what you hear every writer say: just write every day, just always be writing, so you can find your voice, find out what it is. And so I, mm-hmm. I took that seriously at the time, and I just like, I, I would just always write something. I was, I was always coming up, whether it was a story, whether it was a script, whether. So I, I was just continuously writing, and it, it eventually did lead me to, you know, writing a couple of scripts. I mentioned it before; it's not a big, so it's not a big deal, guys. But, but I. I did have some scripts that got optioned at one point to be produced that were not. But I also, you know, have gone on, you know, I, I've done my own uh, fantastic films, Rake Man, The Midnight Gardener, The Adventures of Poncho Paulo, yeah, all I've available on YouTube. We don't need to review them, Justin. <laughs> the sequel, the next episode the sequel. and sequel of those two. Yeah. <laughs> which technically did get a sequel in Poncho Paulo 2, The Curse of Rake Man, which was a crossover Ooh. film. Anyway, let's get off topic. This is not about me. Oh, we. We are off topic. We are well off topic. I, I just want to send a big shout out. Thanks to Mr. Big Time Hollywood, David Howard, for inspiring a kid who did want to do some writing and has continued you know, to write whatever levels of su- uh, success there have been. But Jeff, 
Jeff, I'm very curious um, because we, we've touched on it very briefly, but being the Star Trek fan that you are, and I'll just mention this story oh, really briefly. Yes, is, yes, yes. Not, I wanted to get into that so bad. Yeah, Continue. It, okay. So so now uh, if you guys have been listening since the beginning, you, you've heard uh, mentioned Jeff and Justin have been friends since elementary school. They've known each other forever. I kind of joined the trio in high school. We were in a broadway review show together and you uh, luckily and, joined the trio oh i got that's lucky true. it was before that though it was when you did your matt foley thing at the talent show that, that's true at a talent i caught their eye at a talent show being a big fat guy <laughs> impersonating you auditioned Chris for the hot the hot uh, junior junior talent yeah and, uh, and <laughs> they were working the spotlight it sound really weird and, and it does that's yes nice. very yeah. weird <laughs> anyway um so so but we got to be friends and during like like the first moment where they said, you know what, you're cool enough to come uh, have lunch with us. That's exactly <laughs> what we said, actually. That's a quote. Yeah, that that is. Absolutely. I got it tattooed on my arm. This is the date. Oh, they Jesus. said I was cool <laughs> enough. <laughs> no, but um, so we went, we went to lunch at Jeff's house and we're in there. We're making microwave pizza. Jeff and I are just talking in the kitchen and he let Justin kind of babysit his PC Star Trek game. Was it like a oh, 25th anniversary? A that was. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey. So, so we're just. I treated her right. <laughs> you did not. That's the point of the story. So did Jeff, Jeff and I are just we're just you know casually chatting, and all of a sudden we hear like these photon torpedoes digitizing, you know, exploding over off in the distance. <laughs> Jeff bolts out of the kitchen. He runs over to the. He's, he looks at his screen. He's like, "What are you doing? You invaded Klingon airspace." And so that's now, where that came from. <laughs> and, and so now, now Justin and I are just cracking up, and Jeff is deadly serious trying to repair the damage that's been done between Starfleet and the Klingon Empire. <laughs> and he's playing the diplomat <laughs> on his keyboard. <laughs> that might be revisionist history. That's I don't recall possible. that part. I, I feel like I would have just turned it off, but nonetheless, <laughs> the outrage was real. It was. The outrage was uh, outrage. He's never the looked outrage. it down. But well, that the being outrage the case, was very weird. That kind of passion, Jeff. How how did you experience then Galaxy Quest? Because you talked about your apprehension in seeing it, but what yeah. then happened when you saw it? I know it took a little while because again, the the way that it was pitched, and, and it's funny because I you know when I just went back and rewatched it, and I watched some of the trailers. Which if you guys get a chance to watch some of these trailers, it's it's fascinating. I don't know what movie they were pitching because. Half of the scenes that they used were deleted scenes, so they weren't actually in the movie at all. Oh wow! And wow. It was just like it—it it, it, it was like they, yeah, they didn't know what the heck they were doing and like what the heck this movie was. And so again, I felt like it was pitched. It came out right around the same time there was a documentary, which I think Adam, you're the one maybe that turned me on to. There was a documentary called uh, Trekkies yeah. that came out that was about a documentary about Star Trek fans, mm-hmm. and it did kind of profile the weirdos, but. Um, it it was another one that was pitched as let's look at this freak show that is the Star Trek convention culture and everything like that. Mm, remember and that. The interesting thing is is that especially for me now living down in San Diego where we're in the heart of Comic Con yeah. is that the convention culture has changed drastically. I feel. Yeah. I mean the entire thing like cosplay back in the '90s and 2000s. If you dressed up and went to a convention, you were a, a crazy lunatic. These yep. days, people are like, oh, you dressed up as Katniss. Oh, good on you. Like, wow. That's <laughs> and there's all of this like fanfare. I mean, they came up with a name for it. So yeah. 
again, the culture was very, very different when the movie came out. Yeah, I was very apprehensive because it did some of the pitches were, or at least the word of the mouth was that it was going to be making fun of Star Trek. Um, the entire premise, when you think about it, is these burnt out actors that the only gig they can get is continually like riding out this popularity of a show that took place forever ago is very negative on Star Trek. But then kind of like you start off this with talking about Adam, like for me, I felt the exact same way that you did that much less than being like a bashing on Star Trek. I felt that it was one. I mean, the main gist of it is what if this was real? And the funny thing was, I was thinking about this the other night is that this is like just at its core. It's kind of like the oldest story in the book where how many times have we seen like actors being like, this time it's for real and they're going to have to actually do blah, blah, blah. But almost every single time that that story is done, whether it's, you know, the, um, what was that one with Michael J. Fox and James Woods where he was trying to be a action hero? Whatever oh, it was. God, yeah. You remember that? I have no idea, but I remember All these that. kind of movies, they do that exact same thing, and they but they never do it as well as Galaxy Quest did. Where yeah. Galaxy Quest really made it feel like, okay, I can buy into this story. And the, even the idea, the concept where they go, we built this entire ship by watching what you do. So it's actually feasible that you could actually run this ship. Like it actually makes logical sense. I mean, to some, some extent. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I love the most about it, I think, is that I feel like it captured it captured one of the things that I love about Star Trek and that's moments where like with like for example a classic one which JJ Abrams has tried his best to ruin is one of the greatest <laughs> moments in sci-fi history is Spock sacrificing himself in Wrath of Khan to save the Enterprise. And they do this big scene where he's dying and you know he's that that his final line is you know the needs of the one, many outweigh the needs of the one, blah, 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 blah. But the way that they do it, you watch that scene and you don't laugh. Like, that's an awesome, brilliant scene. Right. That Spock is able to be as Spock as he possibly can. So it was that same thing. Like, still, I get choked up even thinking about that moment where Alan Rickman is holding that alien and he looks right into his face and he says, you know, by Grabthar's hammer, you will be avenged. And again, the way that that guy sells that moment that is just like, this means more to him than anything else and like that's that that kind of captured the heart of it i thought and that's what yeah yeah me, absolutely awesome can i can i bring up something though real quick uh jeff and i have known each other for so long um i just wanted to bring up the fact that um we never dressed up but i don't know if adam you ever went but jeff and i totally went to a few conventions of yeah Star Trek. i heard the stories your grandmother gave you a t-shirt if i recall uh, she gave me a t-shirt and she gave me several things to get signed. Wow. Oh yeah. I had to wait in line. I got Brent Spinner's Spiner, Speedler, whatever his name <laughs> is. I got his signature on a Topps baseball card of him. Wow. He wasn't playing baseball, obviously. He was a data. I remember we went and we waited not to get an autograph from Kate Mulgrew, Catherine Janeway, and she said something to you, whatever it was, and it cheesed you off. 
to well until you forgot about it you would you would not say anything good about kate mulgrew she really oh man i <laughs> wish i remembered <laughs> i mean i no, i don't remember that at all but like i wish i remembered exactly what she said like i hope it was like you little man or like so, <laughs> so awful because she was in such a bad mood i'm yeah, glad we will edit this yeah <laughs> <laughs> just them sitting there for hours and hours signing autographs but at the same time or you would hope that they would have the um, wherewithal to think like, oh my God, these people are here because they love me. And I probably should. I mean, I, maybe I said something to her to make her mad. That sounds about right. That's, yeah, that's, that's entirely possible. It was something like really sexist or something. I mean, I wasn't really sexist when I was a kid, but maybe I just felt like it in that moment. All right, this IMDb synopsis is written by Jeff Cross. The sci-fi adventure series Galaxy Quest took place aboard the intergalactic spaceship NSEA Protector. 18 years after their series was canceled, actors Jason Nesmith, Gwen DeMarco, Sir Alexander Dane, Tommy Weber, and Fred Kwan are making appearances at sci-fi conventions and shopping mall openings in costume and in character. They are wallowing in despair and are at each other's throats until aliens known as Thermians arrive, and having mistaken the series for fact and consequently modeling their entire culture around this, take them into space to save them from the genocidal General Ceres and his armada. Good job, Jeff Cross. Although, Jeff Cross, I don't know that there's any confirmation that Alexander was a sir. I don't know if he had been knighted. I, I don't recall that. That is actually a deleted oh, really? knighting yeah. scene. He was actually oh. supposed to be an honorary knight knighted by <laughs> Queen Elizabeth. Wow. Wait, are you serious? Shows what I know. Yeah, but in the credits, and that's where he got it, in the credits, it does say plain Sir Alexander Dane. Oh, wow. Huh. Okay. Jeff Cross is a Galaxy Quest super fan. Yep, shut right. my or mouth. just looked at the credits, at least. I yes. am sorry, Jeff Cross. <laughs> I don't do <laughs> a very good Serbian. Another little fun fact, since we're already on. What NSEA, which they explain means the National Space Earth Alliance. Association or something like that, <laughs> but that its, its serial number was NTE3120. I'm looking this up online. I didn't know this, but I heard. Uh -huh, but NTE... Sure. E supposedly means not the Enterprise. So <laughs> not That's great. Okay, so first off, I'm going to be adamantly opposed to any sort of a sequel. This movie was great as a one-off. I do not see a reason for a sequel. So your goal tonight is to convince me that we need a sequel. Really? Okay. Uh, yeah, no, so I, so I you think this is, a, this is the Citizen Kane of sci-fi comedies? <laughs> I, uh, for sci-fi comedies, yes. Wow. <laughs> okay. Wow, tall words. That's right. Although I would, even before we do get in, there is a part of me that will agree with you, Jeremy, because it, watching it again, it doesn't naturally set itself up to a sequel. Exactly. It, it does. It does conclude very nicely where the Thermians are off doing their Thermian stuff, and then the actors have their gig back. So that's yeah, why but for then me, I it would was say a little bit of a struggle. Neither does struggle. Beetlejuice, but we rocked that one. Oh yeah. Oh. Go back and listen to the Beetlejuice episode, that's folks. Just, or Threepeed. Oh, Thrapeed. Or the Goonies. <laughs> if you guys miss Thrapeed, you better get in on yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Do not miss the Dark Knight 
fourth movie. <laughs> the quadrilogy. Yes. All right. Uh, However you want to say that. Jeff seems to agree with Jeremy on some level about that we're not being able to do a sequel, but I think I got a pretty good pitch here. So yeah. can I just well, jump into this? Too. I'm just saying that I, <laughs> No, I your pitch is terrible. Yeah, Adam, your pitch you is canceled, you non-believer. <laughs> no, it's all good. Adam, why don't you lead us off here then? Okay. So as my uh, pitch takes off, the revival series of Galaxy Quest lasted another five seasons and the crew of actors though has since moved on to other projects so it was a successful run and you know it just ran its course and now they're off still trying to milk their celebrity so jason has his own reality series called spaced out and dating where he goes on dates with really weird girls who could be aliens and he's just growing like ever more frustrated with being a divorced almost 60 year old guy and he longs to get back together with gwen who he had finally married and then divorced during that run of the show <laughs> so within that five years married and divorced because of that gwen opened up a boutique dating service that's called showhimsister.com <laughs> and it caters to divorced women who want to get revenge on their exes by looking great and being seen with handsome men <laughs> so she has videos on her website where she shows herself embarrassing jason with the strategy she shows up during his filmings with these hot guys and makes out with them wow <laughs> and so she's having this booming business you know and then meanwhile alexander uh he started a shakespeare festival where they cast tv actors who want to reclaim their legitimacy in the theater yes. so so there's cameos by washed up actors of the 90s and early 2000s so people like matt leblanc and jaleel white and shannon doherty you know jaleel white. yeah you gotta get urkel in there come yeah. on except he's super buff and awesome now anyway um so that but alexander gets frustrated when patrick stewart cameos as himself so patrick stewart comes in and plays himself <laughs> at the festival and he steals the show during a production of hamlet which the crowd goes wild for and it just you know infuriates alexander Sir Alexander, as we found yes, out. Yes. Um, meanwhile, Tommy and Fred have opened up an artisan sandwich shop together. It's called Space Subs, <laughs> and it's thriving <laughs> in the Los Angeles area. And Laliari, who was Missy Pyle's Thermian character, her name is actually Laliari, I guess. Uh, she works in the shop, and she is the chef. She comes up with the strange food combinations that make the foodies just drool. And it's mostly because <laughs> she knows nothing about Earth cuisine, so she just. <laughs> throws these random things together people are like this is great and then the other you know core members of the team here were brandon and guy uh, you know that uh brandon was the super fan played by justin long and then guy sam rockwell in case you've forgotten them they were somewhat minor characters but um they are having a they're crowdfunding a fan film of a galaxy quest sequel nice. in their mind like they're trying to do like a, a a feature film to combat the impending hollywood reboot by a macho douche director named dirk robinson who is presenting his adaptation <laughs> as an amped up shaky cam action flick with lots of lens flares and it's just you know he basically he's a stand-in for for jj abrams okay, and michael okay. bay um and uh, but brandon and guy are trying to get the cast to come back and be in the show with them but they see what a lackluster low budget production it is so no nobody's interested so that's kind of where everybody's at but what happens is they all, they all get a text from this mysterious sender called omg and by <laughs> clicking on the attached video link in the text they all get transported 
onto a spaceship. And once they're all united together in this holding cell, they're all confronted by this figure who takes the form of Maka, who was a villain in an episode of Galaxy Quest. And they think it's just the actor who played the part, but then they are told that this is a being, you know, that obviously does not you know not have any recollection of being an actor and he calls himself omg so it was spelled omg but he he's omg and uh just so you know uh, for my casting for the for the uh, dirk robinson character the the douchey director i was definitely looking at will arnett and then for this omg character yes. i'm thinking steve carell could do a great job with uh, that. Yes. But but anyway, so the crew is told that they will pay for their crimes against the galaxy by seeing they're going to be sent through the Skiffy Gonry. And they're like, what is this Skiffy Gonry? And with that, they're transported in pairs to different planets that resemble like recent sci-fi franchises. So with their adventures are all taking place kind of simultaneously while they're cutting back and forth while Brandon and Laliari are on Earth trying to figure out via communicator their entire touch with them trying to figure out okay how do we get you back what's going on here um so jason and fred find themselves in the middle of a zombie apocalypse and they end (laughs) up on the run from these flesh eaters right but they're hiding out in an abandoned house and during that time fred tells jason all about his relationship with laliari you know and how they learned to make it work despite the fact that she's an alien you know and uh, so jason realizes through that kind of unlikely pairing that he was really the stubborn one in the relationship with gwen and he needs to learn to admit when he's wrong so he's kind of learning his life lesson meanwhile glenn and alexander wake up as purple skinned computer animated humanoid dog people called the droopy (laughs) and they worship a giant stone monument that looks like a butt and uh, they mingle with the indigenous people and learn about forgiveness through realizing that everybody stinks sometimes that's nice. kind of the mantra of the droopy <laughs> and, nice. uh, and it helps them to forgive jason and patrick stewart of course as you're obviously seeing uh gwen played by sigourney weaver was in uh avatar which is being parodied in that particular situation now yeah, nice. the rest of the crew tommy and guy they end up running from transformer like robots called motomorphs yes that all look like they're always just moving too fast and at weird angles you can't ever really <laughs> see what's happening with them and their transformation sequences just take forever and are overly complicated which is how they're able to escape from being killed and so they eventually befriend what a, a sad motomorph named Crashburner, who's ostracized by the others for transforming into a minivan and not having enough attitude. <laughs> so Crashburner eventually, through their help, gets self-confidence, takes on the form of an amped-up Segway, enjoys the adventure off with more attitude. And uh, meanwhile, he had bonded with Guy about you know playing an incidental character in a film. So the you know, Guy had served his purpose, had wisdom to share. And now, with the help of the Thermians, Laliari and Brandon find a way to transport themselves up to this spaceship and realize that OMG is actually the Omega-13 device, which gained sentience after it was activated at the end of the first film. And due to just a glitch in the programming by the Thermians, it took on the persona of Macaw because it saw the historical documents. And we also find out that the Skiffy Gonry is actually its pronunciation of the sci-fi genre. 
and so they're called the Skippy genre. And after a philosophical discussion with Brandon, OMG is convinced to let the crew go. And it turns out they were all just on this uh, Simulatron, which is a holo- you know holographic scenarios that were just being created by OMG, and they were never actually in any danger. So OMG decides to return the crew to Earth and work in conjunction with the Thermians to improve their skills as warriors uh, through the Simulatron. And Mathazar returns to bid them farewell as they're transported through the cosmos. And once they get home, Jason and Gwen are apologizing to each other in unison and decide to give it one more try. Alexander praises Patrick Stewart's performance. They agree to perform the first ever production of Hamlet where the character is split into twins who share the lines. And Tommy (laughs) and Fred branch out their food franchise and open up The Walking Bread, which is a kiosk at the mall that sells zombie-shaped pretzel people. Um, also, Adam, I am now going to start a Kickstarter to open the Walking Bread. The walking Bread. Right. That is a great idea. And, so, and the, the triumphant ending is that Guy and Brand had managed to get the crew to reunite for their film, and they get massive online support from their crowdfunding campaign, which convinces the movie studio to scrap the Dirk Robinson film for theirs. So the movie ends on a trailer for the film, Galaxy Quest Forever. And that's actually the name of my, my pitch for the film. Nice. That was interesting. I tried to work in as many, uh, you know, homages to Star Trek that I love. We could tell. We could tell. Homages to all kinds of things. Right. This is true. This is true. Because I just just felt like, you know what? They really did. They nailed down, you know, Star Trek, you know, the culture and everything behind it. Let's take it to the next level, right? Let's let's just show Star Trek is a superior, thoughtful franchise. Look at all the other stuff that's come out since then. Right, right. (laughs) Totally, dude. Okay, Justin, give us your pitch. So my title creatively is Galaxy Quest, the reboot. Uh, So we catch up with Jason and Gwen, now married with a baby girl who I call Reason, and she will be played by one of the fantastic baby actresses out there. (laughs) I, I don't know which one. Uh, Jason watch it. So Jason, it opens on Jason watching a, like, where are they now? 15 years later type show recapping how the very public crash landing of the protector, which is their spaceship, uh, made them celebrities once again. And how the, the next gen version of their show was quickly canceled after only one season. Um, we, uh, pull back and to see that he's, uh, milking the baby through like fake plastic breasts harness <laughs> thing that he has. And he's got like a wicked five o'clock shadow and, uh, he hasn't been doing well since the cancellation of the new show, uh, and his quick rise to fame after the crash and even quicker spiral downwards. Gwen races off to work. Haven't decided what she does. Um, motivational speaker. Why not? Uh, leaving the stay at home dad to tend to the baby and lick his wounds. Uh, Jason gets a call from his agent, an old lady who smokes a carton a day. I want that to be played by Betty White, uh, giving him the news that Hollywood is going to reboot Galaxy Quest as a big new Hollywood franchise. And they want to give him a role in the new movie as an homage to the old series. Uh, The agent explains that the franchise was put together by the hot new director producer B.B. Kleinberg, uh, who I want to be played by Rick Moranis. Uh, And he has put together a whole new cast, including a new commander, Taggart, who I want to be played by Jason Sudeikis, and Lieutenant Madison, played by Kate McKinnon. Do you guys know who Kate McKinnon is? Oh, yes. Mm. SNL, yeah, she's awesome. So Gwen doesn't like the idea of Jason getting back into the thing that ended up making him so miserable, but after some 
some pleading from Jason. Jason, she lets him do it, but it's clear she's not convinced and she's not really happy in the situation she's currently in. So it's kind of clear that their uh, relationship is not doing well. Jason, who is ridiculously excited, goes to work on the new movie. He meets the new cast and crew, but is shut down at every turn. He also sees the new ship, which is like the old one, but it has like fuzzy dice or truck nuts or something like that. <laughs> Some, something ridiculous. Uh, and it becomes clear that he's only there for the fanboys and will be quickly dismissed after the first movie. Like probably he's going to like die in that movie and just, just get rid of him. Um, on his way out, uh, on his first day of his first day, we get the hint that he's being watched by someone on the crew and it's unclear. Uh, he comes in on the second day determined to make his mark and is very surprised to find that everybody is super welcoming. He is treated like a king, but for some reason, it's very unsettling. Uh, that night, they all invite him out for drinks, but before he can confront them about their new attitudes, the new Commander Taggart follows him into the bathroom and knocks him out cold. Uh, when he wakes up, he's been transported to a mothership, which is uh, uh, all of the crew and cast are now find out they're aliens. Uh, and this mothership looks like a Rubik's Cube, but the only colors are varying shades of gray. And uh, he sees that they are all um, these like robot like creatures that have like robot parts on them. Uh, but along with the robot parts, there's also like tight black leather and they use like electricity whips. Um, my homage to like the Borg slash Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, why not? <laughs> uh, That's a good slash there. Interesting yeah. twist. Dude, it, you got to bring it together. Always. Classic. Uh, their goal is to infiltrate and assimilate the human race through this new Hollywood franchise. Uh, Jason escapes and makes it back to Gwen. He gets the old crew back together as well as the Thermians, and they wage war on the Lef Latharians, Latharians, something with leather in it. Leather. Uh, the board <laughs> guys. Uh, Jason and his crew are victorious, and Jason learns that family is vastly more important than fame. The end. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Nice. I like that. I, I think that's a, yeah. That's I, I love I love bringing the Borg like entity into oh, this. On. The infiltration. I, that was like for me in Star Trek. That was like they were the bad guys. They were the big big bad guys that I remember the most. So had to work them in. Jeff comments. He's dumbfounded. <laughs> As are we all. It's like oh man, that was so amazing. I I shouldn't even read mine. It's that was, that was just <laughs> the most amazing thing I've ever heard in my life. Okay, Jeff, right. wow us. Okay. <laughs> Justin, both you and, and Adam kind of picking up where uh, I still feel like the idea of building off the reboot idea, like I feel like that would be, if we're going to make it today, that would be the freshest one to do it. But at least for me, I couldn't quite figure out how to make that all work. Um, so, well... I'm going to kind of cheat a little bit if it's okay. I've got mine, and then I also have a couple ideas for what the reboot thing would, would look like. So let me do the one that I actually worked out first. And if you Ooh. want to hear the second one. You Extra can. credit. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Bonus. Gold but stars. Hey, if Jeremy can do an entire trilogy, then <laughs> I think I can do one and a half. Go for it. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. So my, my mine, I, I don't have a title for either of them, but uh, <clears throat> mine was that um, – Picking up after the, the, the last movie ends, so the series comes back on. The series goes on for another 10 years, so it's it's still on today. Dr. Lazarus actually, actually gets his own spinoff show that gets canceled, and um, the show itself, though, is in danger of cancellation because the studio keeps saying, there's nothing new that you guys are doing. You're just rehashing the same old stories again and again and again, and so you need a new idea. 
And so Tim Allen's character has this idea of, you know what, where we can get new ideas from the source. So he finds out or he goes back to his Vox and he contacts the Thermites to say, hey, let's travel around with you for a while so we can actually see, like, see this stuff in action and get some new ideas for our show. So he re- they read uh, the the crew g- joins back up with the thermites and it turns out that now the thermites have become like the galaxy's peacekeepers where they fly around kind of like righting wrongs and doing you know like keeping the peace and doing all that sort of stuff like that. So they bring them back and the veterans are like really excited. They're like, oh my gosh, this is the the people. But there's like a whole new generation of thermites that have now grown up um, like and taken the reins. Uh, so, I mean, Malthazar and those guys are still there, but there's a whole new group of people that kind of look at them like, okay, we know you're like a big deal a while ago. And like the historical documents are exactly that history. And you guys don't really have anything to offer us you know, new. And so there's kind of like a little bit of a strife between the, um, the new thermites and, um, the original crew. And so then as they're kind of traveling around a little bit, they find out that the thermites are actually limited in the exact same way that the show is limited because all they know is those same storylines that they've seen on galaxy quest. So they've been stuck in this rut that the only solutions that they know are the same solutions that would come up in the show time and time again. So they don't know how to do anything else other than that. And so they would run into situations and try and fix it with those like six different answers that they have. And when one didn't fit, they didn't know what to do. So then that's when the crew now needs to kind of show off their other talents beyond just being like their characters so Dr. Lazarus, for example, he needs – there's it's still – it's funny. There's, and I don't know if you guys have seen – one of my favorite scenes is a deleted scene where when t- uh, Tim Allen's character in the original movie, Tim Allen's character is fighting the, the rock monster. And then Dr. Lazarus is talking about, you need to find out the monster's motivation. And then he tries to like internalize and do this whole actor like, I am a rock what is my motivation? And they kept that out of the final, the final film. But it's so perfect for Alan Rickman's character. Like, that would be, he's a method actor and everything like that. So yeah, Dr. Lazarus totally. needs to give them improv lessons. So he needs to learn, they need to learn, not like acting-wise, but that's what he knows. But they need to learn how to improv. They need to learn how to improvise and do some stuff like that. Um, Tim Allen's character is kind of doing that, like, you know, do things with by the seat of your pants and you're... T- don't think too much. Just kind of do what, do whatever. Tommy uh, uh, L- 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 Laredo, um, his character, I would think he would be the one that's like the importance of fun or something like that. Like that's his big thing. Um, Tony Shalhoub's character would be the kind of like laid back where he's like, you guys need to learn to just kind of let things go, man. And just kind of like whatever and just kind of like that sort of a thing Gwen another deleted scene in that because it's funny and my wife was even mentioning if you notice at the end of the movie Gwen's assets are more visible towards the end of the film <laughs> that's correct because there is a deleted scene where she does actually kind of like try to seduce some of the the bad guys and ends up squashing them so I thought that could be Gwen's thing is that she needs to teach the female thermites how to kind of like use their sexuality to try and like you know 
whatever, get what they want. And so then the main bad guys, I figure in this case, would be something like the Romulans. For our, those of you that aren't Star Trek buffs, Romulans were kind of the other, the two main bad guys in the original series were the Klingons, which were the fighter, war, attack you kind of people, and the Romulans that were the more sneaky, conniving, kind of like plots among plots among plots. So my thought is that this time the Romulan type people would be the bad guys. So that they would be always like conniving and lying and deceiving and everything like that. So then they need all these new skills to be able to work together, come up with that. So they do. They come up, you use all of these different skills so you can see like the really awkward alien thermite women trying to seduce these these people and everything like that. And so then um, they end up, you know, saving the day, stopping these, I don't have a name for them, but whatever, that they were Romulan-like. And then they go back and now, you know, they have all of this new material so they can bring it back in and they relaunch the show. And then it's, you know, kind of got a new, it's like a, it's, yeah, like a relaunch, I guess, the, the show with a new, a new edge to it. Wow, okay. So that was nice, that, was that idea that I thought out. The second one that I did want to throw in there is, again, I get the feeling that especially because J.J. Abrams has already done this by ruining my show, is that <laughs> to make a reference to that exact same thing. So my thought was, and again, I couldn't quite wrap my mind around how this wouldn't be the same thing that the first one was, but it would be kind of the idea that, like, what if it was something like, the, the, you know, the cast does the show, it has its run for like seven years, and then it's over, and then it's going to be rebooted with an entirely new cast of these young, like, hipster sort of people, and they're just like total jerks, and so they don't even, like, kind of like yours was, with, uh, or I guess that was yours, Justin, where, like, yeah, they're real, like... They're real nasty to the original crew, and they're like, dude, mm-hmm. you guys are fossils, man. I, I don't know why they talk like they're 12. <laughs> totally. You know, they're, they're, they're totally like, there's something like that. But then, and again, the part that I couldn't quite figure out is that there's got to be then something where both crews, the new crew and the old crew, would then get somehow teleported up to be with the Thermites. And then all of a sudden, this new crew is like, we really don't know what's going on because we haven't played these characters at all yet. And then the veterans would kind of need to show them, and the two crews could somehow bond in that. Again, I don't know how that would not feel like the original, but it seems like that would be more topical for today. Cool, cool, man. Well, I I really like like that idea of basically the crew showing that they have other talents and then continuing yeah. to help with their other talents. The other thing I see about the the second pitch is that would be a lot of characters to juggle, it feels like, because there was already, That's, like, the original crew was already a lot of people, and then yeah. duplicating them, that seems like a lot of characters to keep track of. Not yeah. that it's impossible, but it just, that right. one but would then you'd have Because you'd have each one with each other, and so you could kind of have, you know, because it's it's mm-hmm. the original uh, cap, uh, uh, Commander Taggart and the new Commander Taggart, so they would always be together. Yeah. But you're right, I mean, it's just throwing a bunch of people, plus you have the Thermites and everything like that, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy, you convinced yet? Have we given you <sighs> <No>. hope? <laughs> uh, maybe a glimmer of hope. So let's let's see. How can we this combine so these? Manufactured. By the way. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, you're not convincing me at the moment. Like honestly. <laughs> so let's 
combine these? Did anyone stick out to anyone like as the main story? Well, so, in mine was brilliant. <laughs> brilliant, uh, Justin, brilliant. Uh, well, I mean, like obviously Justin and I were on the same track with saying, again, true. Jeff kind of made the comment that like the impending thing is, okay, there's a new movie and Jeff even had it in his pitch. It sounds to me like that just seems like the most yeah. obvious choice. Yeah, there ahead. is a movie in the works, which is kind of, you know, the motivating factor behind some type of action for them that 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 the old guard the the people that you know that have earned our respect and the characters we love are now being threatened by a new interpretation or a you know a a degradation i guess of their right which is why i wanted to make them the bad guys come on guys (laughs) the new crew the evil jj abrahams and his (laughs) other bad guys because it's my only it's my only thought too that with with like with yours especially with uh, or with yours Adam like I really like the idea of bringing back the omega 13 and but like because the thing about this one is that it was sci-fi but it wasn't so much sci-fi that if you weren't into sci-fi you'd be like oh this is just like techno babble the whole time so sentient machine uh, I mean, okay, I know we've done Transformers and stuff like that. That made me a little nervous about getting too sci-fi. Well, because like I say, like the majority of it, like that's kind of like the overarching story. But I felt like you know that the the people that are not into sci-fi would be excited by okay, you got you got your Transformers, you got your zombies, which everybody loves, and I don't get everybody's <laughs> all down with the Walking Dead. All right, fine. Um, and then the you know, Walking then, Red. yeah, and then you get your uh, you know you get your your avatar people uh, in there, you know, so like, cause I felt like it, it kind of covered all bases, you know, like it, it kind of grabbed everybody from a different angle, despite that. Yeah. Like the main crux of it is that they were put in this situation by a very sci-fi concept was, was essentially what V'ger from the first Star Trek exactly. film. Um, and then co- taking the form of Khan from the second film, you know, so the, that was kind of how I had it all mapped out. But like personally, like I really love the idea of Justin's where it is, there is like the new. Yes. <laughs> In all your faces. Oh. Now Jeremy is thoroughly convinced. I win. Wow. Uh, but that was Adam that said that. Jump of the gun. I know, but the the Jeremy's gun. thinking it, and I know oh, what he's okay. thinking because I do that. They think the same. Yeah, but yes, sure. Mm-hmm. But but like but like that that's a really cool twist. But the the question we have to ask ourselves then is so so if if for example in that scenario. They were they were infiltrating in order to, you know, whether because, you know, Justin, in your pitch, it was kind of they were doing it to kind of influence and, and infiltrate Earth in general. Right. Right. Assimilate. But I wonder if it couldn't be something more along the lines of they were trying in some way to tarnish the reputation or something of that crew to like you know bring down their influence in the galaxy with the thermians and everything else totally yeah you could make it expand the world in that that'd be great because that's what sequels are supposed to do expand the world so you could turn that into like defaming the get them into space to defame them Mm -hmm. therefore defaming the thermians therefore assimilating the universe yeah so the idea yeah yeah, make stakes bigger i love that something like along those lines but but then at the same time, so um, you know, I, I I like kind of that as a starting as a starting point. Now, as as understanding, okay, so we have these 
these uh, Borg-like people, but but they take on the form of regular humans. So we know that they have their whatever their I don't know if it'd be cloaking shape. Well, the same whatever the things yeah. are that the Thermians use in the. First oh, movie. you're right. Yeah, yeah they have the there that that exists in the world. Yeah, you know? it's already been established. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. What what if instead of and I because I, I feel like you kind of threw something in there, Justin. Like, uh, what if like I don't know. What if instead of this dastardly plot to destroy the planet, what if it's something more tied into like the first concept where it's like. They have also seen, or maybe they've seen the new, the new episodes, and like that they like they made the the same mistake or something like that. So that 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 like they're going like what if there was an episode of the new show that um, you know they accidentally made a character like that that they attacked or something and oh, these people yeah. got so offended and they felt by threatened it. by that yeah. episode. Exactly, they saw that episode yeah. they felt threatened by it because they made okay. their own borg or something like that exactly and yeah, it just totally. happened to look exactly the same way because i feel totally. like and it was the same thing too i know like we were i was thinking about before about the whole like yeah the same thing about what happened to the spaceship and like would the government get involved and all right. of that that feels a little too like i don't feel like that was the nature of this movie that it would go into conspiracies and right i just felt like how would you like how do you cover that up or how do you explain that away but maybe it doesn't need explanation it's just like the second movie happens and who cares that a spaceship crash landed into a star trek convention <laughs> but um i just felt like in mine i was like I, I have to work that in there somehow because I totally forgot that happened at the end. So okay. But, so now, do we like, for example, um, if if we were going to kind of start putting pieces together here now, what did you guys think about my concepts for where everybody was at? Because I mean, in J- Jeff's pitch, the show's still going on. In mm-hmm. my pitch, the show had a good five year run, and then they moved on to new other successful things. So they're generally happy except mm-hmm. that they're not happy in their personal lives, but like they're, they're still having success on some level. In right. Justin, Justin's scenario, remind me. I didn't really talk about any of yeah, the other I didn't think you did. Jason yeah. Gwen. Okay. Yeah. Cause it was just Jason and Gwen, by the way, I, I, I'm not really on board with them having a baby cause they're super old. Like they, yeah. they could have totally adopted. I understand. But like, Oh yeah. Sigourney maybe the like maybe, maybe reason something. is yeah. a, 20 something or a teenager however old she would need to be Although, to make sense or no they never had a baby and they're no, not together know, <laughs> in the show in the movie like i don't know that they were supposed to be that old because i mean like you look at you look at uh, uh well you look at both of them in the movie like i mean especially uh, uh sigourney weaver my gosh she looks like she's in her 30s well it was 15, 16 years ago right. that this movie debuted. Well, and, and, and the premise was well, that, that was... the show existed in the 80s and now they, you know, it was in the 90s and they were kind of in their slump after the show was over. Right. So, so I mean, that's what I'm saying. They probably were, you know, 30s so and 40s. So now they're in but... their, like, 50s? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's right. what I'm saying. Yeah, that, 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 and, and, yeah I don't know. Because, like, I, I, the only reason I would see having a kid is if it played into the plot. That's right. True. So I, how does I the baby forgot play about that. in? Yeah. <laughs> like, we have a baby. It's oh, more, no, this stuff's happening. The, I felt like in Justin's pitch, it was more emphasizing their, like, the, the place that they're in right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Where... Which I, I still don't. The way that you described him milking a baby, I was just like, <laughs> no, no, no. He, the I can't get that picture out of my brain. Yeah. That's the opening to the first episode of the Dana Carvey show, by the way, with Bill Clinton feeding a baby 
with these with these cow nipples, pig nipple breastplate. It was crazy. What? Go go find the first episode of the Dana Carvey show, and you'll I see. I promise well, you, Dana Carvey, I did not steal your idea. No, no, no. <laughs> that that was Meet the Parents, Meet the Falkers, the the third one where they had the baby, oh, and it's oh. Jack that's actually milking the child. Oh, you're oh, right. He God. built that harness. Yes. Uh, so we, so we, have that, we have to nix it. We have to nix it. Let's get. Can we get rid of the breastfeeding, please? Yeah. Yeah. That's sure. Scratch. Well, scratch there's no, Tim Allen. If there's no child, then we don't have that's to. That's right. No we child. don't need Tim Allen to get milked. Because I, I guess like my, my one thing is I, I had appreciated the first film, the fact that it was an ensemble film, and most of the characters had some type of development or an arc, even if it was very brief. Um, you know, like Tommy actually learning how to pilot. Yeah, I did it. Yeah. You know, f- yeah. Fred, you know, finding love. Totally. And I, yeah, bit. that's working. But, but that's I, I just felt like the, in, in, in the pitch from Justin, it was more about Jason and Gwen, and I would hate yeah. to just focus on them. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's great. Work them all in yeah. um, but and I mean, have them all be a part of the show so we get to see them all interact with their counterparts. And I think having all of their uh, counterparts be like SNL guys or just really great comedians. Because um, I think all of them were sort of the top comedians other than um, Sigourney Weaver was. I don't think she was really a big comedy person know. at that time. I didn't feel like any of them really were because, I mean, this was pre-Monk. Tony Shalhoub, so he was... But he was on he Wings. Was, he was, but Wings was not, like, uh, not everybody watched Wings. And Wings had been gone. I don't know him. about that. I don't know. It didn't seem like it didn't seem like he was a household name until Monk came along. Everybody I knew watched Wings. Well, right. Everybody <laughs> just knew, but... <laughs> but uh, but uh, like, if we're looking at it, then, is the setup that the show is on, but then they're also going to cancel the show so they can reboot it the series as a movie or no, are they I like, saying wait, that the show's your, over? I like your idea, Adam, of okay. their show's over and they have their like, they have their other lives now, but it's not going, everybody has a problem with their current lives and then the reboot happens. They all want to be a part of it for different reasons um, and they're all, and they all come into it and they all get taken. I was going to say, because I feel like, yeah, the, the difference, if we made it the same thing where they're still like, you know, down on their luck losers, then like, it's, it's just the same story we're recycling again. But I feel like, I don't know if it's almost like if there was a connection to there, it's almost like, I don't know, but then again, it feels like too close to the original where it's something about holding on to their fame. I don't know. I feel like for me, I would want them like they want to still be doing this. Because right. otherwise, who cares that they're rebooting it? Well, maybe they're all still part of it. Like maybe the other uh, the other characters or the other actors um, had some part in the creation of the reboot. Like some of them are now writers and have written something for it. Or, you know, they work in different parts of it. Just, just Jason and Gwen are not. Um, and they're, they're a vehicle through which we learn about the new movie and the new thing and, and re- we get reintroduced to all these characters through the reboot and through Jason. Right. Well, what if it's and well, taking it a step further, kind of like you, you said from your first one, what if we started off with they're all off doing their own things and then Jason's the one that brings them all back together saying, hey, they want to make a movie about us and they get everybody up and they get all excited and then like then they actually go into the writer and they're like, oh, no, 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 we're rebooting it. 
and here's the people playing you. So it's just like they're yeah, they're excited about actually being in a movie that they've never made a movie about themselves, maybe. Well, could, no, because I, I really love that element where you had it just as, you know, Tim Allen's character going through that process and discovering that he wasn't going to be the big star type thing that he thought he was going to be like by being in this movie. The only, the only concern I have with having him be the one that brings everybody together again is that's basically kind of the part he was playing in the first one when he found out about the Thermians and he's trying to convince them all it's for real. You got to come up on the spaceship with me and all that. So it feels like, I mean, but maybe that's just his role and it just happens right, again in commander. a different scenario. Yeah. So he's still yeah, he's the leader. Not, he's okay. kind of and not only that, so. but it's just kind of like, you like, I was right last time, guys. So they have a more reason to believe him as opposed to before where he sounded like he never was, you know, telling the truth or whatever. Right? Yeah. Okay. So, so basically, so they're all having, you know, success in their lives outside of it. Now he maybe again, he has his reality show, but he's not he's kind of frustrated with it. So he's given this opportunity now to be in the film version of the show. And so now he's excited. They tell them, oh, now we'd love to we'd love to have all you guys back. Let's let's give the fans a little something. And then so now he uh, convinces everybody to come in and be a part of it. They are told now, again, they, they, they are all experiencing on the set and in the production, pre-production process and all that. They're seeing, okay, this is not what we thought it was going to be. We are, and like some of them will probably be like, you know, be put in weird makeup. So they're not even themselves or they're, you know, like. They're oh, just, totally. They're given roles that aren't them. So they're just yeah. like alien number three. Exactly. <laughs> right. Like Alan Rickman's character totally gets to be <laughs> alien number three. And Alan Rickman has to voice some like little CG character. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. even better. Yeah. Even and, better. And, so, and so they go through all that. And then meanwhile, like you said, they meet all the the new up and coming young stars that have taken their place who are all basically yeah. jerks who don't know anything about the show. They're, they're just totally in it for the paycheck and whatever. And then, then the question is this, though. So are we going with the fact that are they the new generation, kind of like a Jeff's pitch, that doesn't care and they have to learn to care about the roles and care about the legacy of the show? Or are they the bad guys shapeshifting? Or should it just be maybe that one of the characters is a bad guy shapeshifting? I think it's either one or all of them, because if we have to, I, I think it's going to be hard to track journeying through the development of all of our right. characters and then the new, because that's, what is that, 12 people now? So I think it's going to be more that we're going to side with our guys and develop them. And so either it's I, th I think it should just be like maybe if, maybe it's the producer it's, or it's the director or something. That's the bad guy. And what if it's the commander? What if because then that would be even more so directly because, yeah, that would and okay. he could be the jerk. Like everybody else doesn't have to be jerks, but he's the jerk. And, and that way, too, because that's the way th I would see to replace you know, Tim Allen, who is supposed to be, you know, um, Jason, Jason Nesmith, Nesmith yeah. is supposed to be, he's basically William Shatner. Like, he's a household name. He's a big deal. And so you could get, like, a big actor to play, like, he's going to be the new Commander Taggart. Right. Yeah. yeah. What is that. To make him the bad guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because we're already against him because we, we right. love Tim Allen's character. Right. So, yeah, but I, and I think the rest of the, the new cast, they don't have to be jerks, but I do think they should be clueless. Like, they, they are yeah. not oh, fans. Yeah. They're not anything. And they sure. don't understand the legacy, and that is something that they come to do. So then, yeah. So now the 
the next question for, is oh go ahead i would throw in one i would say whoever the new commander chen is t- tony shaloub's character i think that person should be like they should just hit it off and well like, and, and he needs but, but they need to be actually asian you know because he was fred kwong we actually got an asian guy this time you know like <laughs> there, there needs to be a big a big deal about that so but um but then from there what I'm trying to figure out now is so are we saying then that this alien mastermind, you know, part of this race of Romulan like connivers, um, is he trying or are we are we going with, OK, we were threatened because we saw uh, the historical documents and we saw that you create you defeated people like us and now you're a threat to us. Or are we going with just kind of a separate type plan where they maybe are trying to overcome the influence of the Thermians who are now, like you kind of said, the space police. They're, they're, they're the trusted source of protection and order in the galaxy, and these guys want to disrupt that. But they need, to do that, they have to kind of tarnish the reputation of, of the inspiration for what they do. I like bringing the Thermians into it and tarnishing the reputation because they're like, they would, I, I like that we would then see the evolution of the Thermians as like, mm-hmm. oh sweet, now they're these guys. They're, they've taken this new role, that's their evolution and they have to be defeated and they're going to be defeated through the defaming of the You know, of you the know, what, you know what I almost like better with, with that by going on that? What if it's not so much about the old crew teaching the young crew at, at the beginning? What if the new crew is actually they're they're convinced that they are in a movie and so like the producer guy is still like these are your roles okay this is your scene and this is what you have to do and and basically they are like kind of attacking you know like because the old crew is on the ship with the thermians which is their ship and now the new crew has like the new super you know macho ultra advanced ship and so it's kind of like they actually are you know, it's the it's the new versus the old, like in a very antagonistic way until they then have a resolution and the new crew realizes that this guy who's the commander is really an alien who was manipulating them and then they kind of switch sides. What do you think about that? Okay. I I'm confused. See that. So basically what it sounds like is it sounds like so that yeah, the the new crew or the old crew would come onto the set and so they would be like, Yeah, but we found out that they're actually not gonna be the roles they're supposed to be, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And then like the thermites would then come in and reveal that like that there was this there's this plot going on and then yeah, it would develop and develop into eventually where you would have two separate ships, one with the original crew and the thermi- ther- thermites and uh, thermians. And Got then it. The, All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then one with the the new crew, but they think it's a movie. And so they're actually fighting in real space because they're under the control of the actual bad guy who is – you know, taking the form of the new captain. And for the mm. sci-fi fans, it could be—it's kind of an Ender's Game thing. They—they do. They think it's a simulation. They oh, don't okay. know it's for real, right? Until they realize it is, and maybe maybe somebody does die. There's another Thermian or somebody who gets injured that kind of wakes them up, and they see that the new commander has no remorse about it. And he's like, Again. but they've already destroyed the good guys. So yeah, so yes, yeah. So, <laughs> no, they, no, the good guys win. Good guys win. No, yeah. no, but no, but but maybe that's what it is is it's getting to that dire situation where they really have like almost destroyed the the original protector and he's just like more more you know like he's yeah. taking it too far that that's when they realize that he's evil 
and then, then everybody bands together and um so yeah i like that i think nice. that, i think that's a lot of fun jeremy i uh, you you've almost convinced me to throw 150 million dollars at this movie <laughs> of your maybe, own maybe it's money. the casting well, thank that's you, gonna jeremy. do it maybe it's well, the casting. It, if we can convince a studio i'm sure that's the max they'd throw at this movie oh man <laughs> that's I could a lot get more a than they threw the first time million. wasn't it well yeah but you gotta figure all these movies today are going for two to fifty uh, upwards of 500 million for production and things. So I mean 150 is kind of a kind of a small chunk of change for a studio nowadays. You know what? We'll make it claymation. We'll do it for 1 mil. There you go. <laughs> Done. Is it less to do claymation? Well, that, I thought it was I am going to actually we'll, claymate. Oh, you're just Par- actually Paranorman do style. We'll do we'll do it like Paranorman, that new age claymation. Yeah, and it'll yes. take you 10 years to make the film. <laughs> hey, we got time. Let's do it. For the kids. For the now, exactly. The one that I would want to throw in now. Are we going to? No, isn't it Justin Long that was the nerd, the fanboy? Yes. Yeah. Are we gonna Are we gonna throw him a bone here? Is he gonna make a cameo? Well, I, or I, I think what it should be is uh, this is how I envisioned him in my pitch. Is he has actually become an advisor? Like they they brought him on as an advisor <laughs> for the reboot show, and now he's a producer on the reboot movie. So he's on the new nice. show. But no, no, no. But but he's the one like that the studio is always shooting down his ideas because he's the purist That's and they, they keep be. doing the marketable stuff. No, you got to do this. You got to throw this in a sexy dame, da, 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 whatever it is. And he's like, no, it's all about, it's about the ideals and a better future. And all, you know, like, so they're always shooting him down type thing. But he'll play a similar role probably at a, at a certain point where he's so, able to So is help he the them. one that breaks the news to the crew that it's like, yeah. no, you're really in space. Yeah, that type of thing. Absolutely. He's the one that shows up and says, hey, guys, yeah. Or he you says that to this. them and they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you're an idiot. You're an idiot, Justin Long's character. <laughs> Can we give the... Uh, I, I don't know. I maybe we don't need a name, but I feel like for the new captain, I, I, I guess because he is he's playing, you know, Peter Quincy Taggart. But do we want to have like when he's revealed a character name that we know to refer to him by? Like, do you want to use my macaw name for the evil? Sure. Evil oh, like the, the, the bad guy name? Yeah. When he's revealed yeah. to who he really is. You know? How about Shaka Ka? <laughs> Share Ka. Should, sure. should we go Voldemort? No. Yeah. No. The alien who must not be named. Just yes. call him Oldie Mort. Hey. I feel like, oh, sorry, I feel like if it was if it was Galaxy <laughs> Quest, I feel like it would be some sort of a kind of like you did before, although you were doing it more as a throwback to the the movie. Uh, yeah, the old movie. There would I feel like there would be a uh, a throw in to um, to Star Trek somehow. What about Q or like Z? Oh, here we go. RomulanNameGenerator.com. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Mail, generate, name. How do you pronounce okay, that? Okay, do another one. G-H-E-A Galathon. G Galathon? I like, I like Galathon. Yeah, Galathon. Galathon. His first name is Y-H-E-A, and his last name is Galathon. Galathon. How about, how about Yeehaw Galathon? <laughs> that's what, He's that's from what the Wild him. West of the... Listen, exactly. yeah. the South Universe. So, so let's. Now, like we said, Jeremy said he's almost convinced, but I, I do think it's gonna come probably come down to casting. If we tell, look, this is who we got on board with this. Yeah, let's uh, let's see who you can <laughs> cast for this. So we got the original cast, obviously. Yeah, everybody's who, back. Who do we need to cast? 
Now, uh, Justin, you threw out the for for the new captain, right? Or at Jason least you for the evil guy. Yeah, Jason Sudeikis. I, I yeah. can get on board with that. Yeah, That's the bad guy. My my only concern is because I I think he could play a bad guy, and I guess he's yeah he's such a douche in every movie he's, that he's he in. Seems old oh, to well, me. No, maybe maybe the Will Arnett one. But oh, see, Will Arnett. Will, yeah, Will Arnett, Arnett would be Will great. But he's also older. I, I, no, I, I worry well, but about. That's okay. Well, you're right. He's supposed to be younger. Yeah, we're talking about like this younger, up and coming exactly. generation. Right, but, right. But Shia he's still. <laughs> there you go. What about? Well, my first thought: Channing Tatum. Well, Channing Tatum. Yes. Channing Tatum. Oh, I don't know. But he's he's the go-to guy right now, and I think he be he, he might be too big for this. Yeah, type he of might movie. pass you guys. He totally would pass. I mean, Will point. Arnett would take it. I feel like he's got he's got kind of like a wink about himself. That's why he keeps doing these. Well, I mean, yeah, he yeah the twenty-one Jump Street. Yeah. But then my other thought was either him or. What about Jonah Hill? Ooh, oh. that could be interesting. Is he good looking enough though? Is he the dashing? Yeah, and he's not what, a leader. The thing is, dude, he's hasn't he done that yet? I don't think he's played the I love think he's interest always the yet. Sidekick. Yeah, the, he's always like, a sidekick. Yeah, Twenty One Jump Street's the closest he's gotten thus far to being what like about, a leading man. What if we go back to last week and we go with Bane, Tom Hardy? Mm, I think he like has he done comedy yet though? I think he's too much of a dramatic actor i mean not that that would be bad maybe because maybe that's it maybe he's an over dramatic he's so like you know what i'm saying well, then like, he would be so the counterpart committed. to alan rickman that's the problem i see is he's british but I, that doesn't mean he can't well, do he an does, english yeah. american accent he could be alan rickman's counterpart yeah i think that'd be good right i mean, I mean it'd, be, it'd be an interesting or christian bale <laughs> right. That's a small. Again, we're that's we're trying, we're going for younger. We're going for younger. We gotta. Right. They're, they're the up well, and comer. Though, but the captain would have to ha- like have you're, some you're gravitas right. and some. Exactly. That's right. what I was thinking. A- an older, younger guy. I mean, mm-hmm. he's still going to be younger than Tim Allen. Well, and if right. you think about right. it, if we're if we're looking at it sort of from like a original series to next generation they went from american to british so i don't i don't know why we couldn't just put you know not that we want to make patrick stewart's already in this thing being kind of ridiculous but there would be sort of that correlation if you andrew garfield (laughs) well what if we stick with magic mike and we go with matt bomber i don't even know who that is and why did you see magic mike (laughs) because we did channing tatum so no but why do you why do you know who's in magic mike jeff who doesn't because they're all Adam, uh, Adam, I I know who's in Magic Mike. I only recognize Kevin. I know who's in Magic Mike too. Matthew McConaughey was in there. (laughs) Thanks, Jeremy. There you go. See? And the guy who played Flash Thompson in the first Spider-Man movie, oh, who everybody I guess knows from True Blood, is that his big thing? What's his Wait. thing now? Oh yeah, Joe, Joe Manganiello. Manganiello. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's who that is. Okay. Um, what yeah. about him? Great. For the we captain? decided. <laughs> Which one did we decide on? Well, uh, Jason Sudeikis. Let's move on. <laughs> See, I still don't feel like Jason Sudeikis is. Has the gravitas enough? I, I right. don't think well, he's evil Tom enough. Right. Well, yeah. Well, actually, let's ask the money like... ma- money man. Who do you want? I really thought Will Arnett would do it. All right, there we go. Okay. He's got the money, so he is the vote. Yeah. Did he do action? Well, yeah. I, don't, I don't think you have to do much. How much he's action the would he really do? Really? Buff him up, give him some roids, and we're good to go. Yeah. All oh, right. It's that part. It's the. He has I his mean, warrior if, uh, class. Look what happened to Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt yeah. wasn't exactly a weightlifter, and now. Yeah. Just Lord. get him. Get him on the Marvel diet for a couple. Exactly. months and be done dude yeah yeah will, right. will arnett would be great yeah so i would actually kind of love to see a buff will arnett i feel like that would be kind of funny 
and of itself. Even if so. it's CG, you know, oh or, my God, or like yes. the Weird Al suit from UHF when he's Rambo. <laughs> Which when is great. Suit, I just thought the fat suit. So now I'm thinking about <laughs> <laughs> wrong suit, wrong suit. So many suits. Yeah. Yes. Um, but um, and now what about? I mean, let's let's just like go down the line, like with the counterparts. So okay. we said for Alan Rickman, we we'd be looking for a Doctor Lazarus slash Sir I like Alexander. Tom Hardy. I think that's good for. He's too beefy though. What about the kid from? Uh, well, shrink him down. What's his name that used to date? Uh, what's her oh, name? Oh yeah. The kid from, uh, uh, from one, about a boy. Uh, Nick Holt? Yeah. Oh, Nicholas Holt, yeah. It was the Beast. Yeah, the Beast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Not awesome. Jack the Giant Slayer? Yeah. He seems, he seems very he seems very Alan Rickman-y. Yeah, he could do that. Is he British? Yes. Okay. He's usually Daniel British. Radcliffe. Let's throw Daniel Radcliffe back <laughs> there. Uh, We're trying short. to get him work. Get this man We're work. Trying to get him work. All right. Oh, my God. What about Ron Weasley? Oh, my goodness. Oh. Who's... <laughs> Okay. Everybody else hates that guy. Let's move on. <laughs> Don't he's got red make, hair. He's my fellow ginger. Okay. <laughs> well, Jeremy likes Automatic him. disqualification. <laughs> okay, so Nicholas Holt is playing the new Doctor Lazarus. I think that's good. Actually, that would that would work pretty well. So, oh, actually, can I go back to the captain? Just uh-oh. Will Arnett's great. Nah, never mind. I was going to say James Marsden just because he's always like the good looking dashing. Uh, James Marsden. But he's more of an idiot type than, than a conniving yeah. jerk type. Oh, no, he's Maybe he's the Tony Shalhoub guy. Wait, he just <laughs> played somebody like that, didn't he? Did he? Where, where he had a switcher in the movie that nobody saw? What's it called? <laughs> yeah, that movie. I feel like he was just where he was, yeah, the like cocky bad guy. Hmm. I missed it. Oh, Never was mind. it that movie with Jack Black? Goosebumps. Goosebumps. Maybe. No, there was a there was an indie movie that came out with him and Jack Black, where like it's a high school reunion. Jack Black is uh, tasked with getting the like big all star. The guy needs this big movie star huh. to like come back and and just come to the high school reunion. No, unfortunately, um, the one I was thinking of was Anchorman Two. <laughs> oh, oh, you're yeah, right. You're yeah, right. Yeah. Yours would have been much more, much more legit. Uh, okay. Um, no, never mind. Let, can let's uh, can Will, Will Ferrell be in it? Can who? Will Ferrell just find a role for him? I'm sure he'd do it too. He I'd... could be the producer. No, yeah. no, no. What about if uh, when uh, Will Arnett takes his mask off and the bad it's, guy it's is Will Ferrell? Will Ferrell. <laughs> no, it's gonna be an alien underneath. Yeah. Will Ferrell's Will Ferrell with a so. Borg face. Yeah. yeah. So okay, so so dad, ne- never mind. Sorry, I went on that tangent. Will Arnett. Okay, great. so who is Not our leading kid. lady? Yeah. So who's who's the new Sigourney Weaver? Who's got like kind of the uh, the Amanda Seyfried? <laughs> yeah, are we doing Dreamcast? No budget, or are we doing realistic? How how far are we? Oh, uh, we're we're, uh, we're realistic doing, like, no casting. Budget. Yeah, no budget. Like it's a friend. Like Jennifer Lawrence is off the table. Yeah. Like, I know That's this fine. girl, you've never heard of her, but she'd be great. Moving on. You know, it's too bad because she doesn't fit the role, and I don't think they would. it would make sense, but I would love to, I want Rebel Wilson in this movie because she's hilarious from Pitch Perfect. And, well, we could and, gender swap some of the characters as their oh, counterpart. Oh, there we go. Okay. Dude, what about uh, Abby Elliott? Abby Elliott. She's okay, I guess. I mean, the, the only thing I've seen her in movie-wise was her brief cameo in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles debacle. Where and she, w- she was in, uh, I think she was in Trainwreck. Uh, or was, was that she? the other girl? That was the other SNL girl that I'm thinking of. Okay. Well, because I feel like her character, like, it's tough. Like, I feel like this character would be relatively minor, that she would just kind of need to, like, I Lindsay don't know, Lohan. Need to be a diva. Kind of like that. I mean, I was kind of more thinking of like like a younger um, Julia Roberts would be perfect. Emma Roberts. 
Yeah, her niece. Does she does she do the same diva sort of thing? Yes. Oh. Yeah, oh, definitely. Have I, you I seen was thinking, Scream Queens? Come on. Can't, can't we just do a little bit of nepotism, a little bit of friend uh, friends helping friends? And oh, yeah. What's call our friend? Beavers? No, no. Our friend Nassim Pedrad, formerly of SNL, our, our high Dude, school yes. classmate. Let's yes. get her in there. Come on. Did she, she play a diva? Well, yeah. She could I, totally she, play a diva. She, she played did, Kim like, Kardashian. Exactly. Right, she she right. did great. Oh, and okay. and she would that. give... To, to me, again, I'm going next generation throwback, but to me, she kind of gives the vibe of, uh, now I'm blanking. Help me out here. Greek name. <laughs> I'm Actually, drawing you know a blank. What? That wow. might be interesting because, you know, if you think about it, like, well, except for they didn't recast, I don't know, because like with a reboot, like where they, you know, like in the Star Trek reboot where they decided to take several angles, and I mean like Uhura, they decided to make her sleeping with half the cast as opposed to, you know, Nichelle Nichols in the original one. So to do it like, hey, we're going to do it like, you know, in a different sort of a direction, I, she'd probably still have to do the bleach blonde hair though. Well, which should be fine. I mean, that would be hilarious. Seems a chameleon. She could do it. She's amazing. I would love to see a scene with bleach blonde hair. Bleach blonde hair. <laughs> I think. I think, right. and I'm sure she did. I'm sure she's done it. So yeah, I think. I think that'd be good. Let's let's put a seam in there. Let's just Yay. let's just do it. Come Yay. on. All right. I love it. And uh, now I love the gender swap thing though that that Justin threw out there. Again, I want Rebel no, I Wilson. I think it was Jeremy. Oh, was that Jeremy? Oh, you're right. Good job, Jeremy. Um, but <laughs> I, I think if you if you take that, and would she play Laredo's character? And he'd be really upset about it. Like that. <laughs> there's this. There's this. Australian. Who was Laredo again? Laredo was Tommy. He he was the pilot. He was the kid, and then he grew up. That'd be well, great. More reasons do... for him to get upset because he was upset the entire movie. So, <laughs> right. But if they're gonna do a reboot, because that was the whole thing, is you're that right. in the original show he, he was, was like kid. twelve. Yeah. So would they want him to be twelve again, or would they do like at the very least? I feel like they would make him like a like a make teenager. him a little girl. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> well, it, but that might be too many, too many gender swaps. Then I wonder if we get, do two. But wait, I, what was the other one we're talking? About? Well, but I'm just saying if I, I'm still I'm still trying to get Rebel Wilson in there, but <laughs> but maybe it's not necessary. Rebel Wilson, Juno, what's her name? Oh, you, wait a minute. You're, you're what's her, What's the what's that actress's name? Is it something Juno or Juno something? Wait, are, 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 are you saying the actress who played Juno? Or? No, 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 no. Or her? Yeah, Ellen Page. I love Ellen Page. No, but but who, who? What are you trying to say with? I can't. You, you don't think know of who her Rebel name. Wilson it's, is. No, 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 no. I know who Rebel Wilson is. I'm oh. suggesting another person. Oh, I see. By the name of Juno. God. Some of those, though. Darn it. Anyway, oh. moving on. Never mind. Can't think of. So, name. so okay. So, but with Laredo. Looking it up on Google. But with <laughs> yeah, with Laredo, maybe 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 he that would be better. And we'll just I'll leave my Rebel Wilson. Juno out. Temple nailed it. Thanks, Google. How old is she? Uh, thirty-eight thousand okay. years. Yeah, I have yeah. no idea. <laughs> well, no, but I, so young. She's young. But I, I like the idea of, of of having Laredo being recast as a little girl. I yeah. just think I think he'd be so mad about it. You know, it's like Abigail Breslin or something. Like that. Yeah, <laughs> she's kind of old now, but she could probably do it. She's yeah, kind of old work. now. What is she? Twenty? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, to be a little girl. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The joke right. is that it would be a little girl playing the role. So maybe there's. Just... Well, then I don't know a lot of. Well, what, like, if, <laughs> you know, what if that's Let's it? Go though. to Nickelodeon.com. <laughs> right. What if, what if we do it that way? What if instead of it being an actual little girl, it's a famous former child actress? 
playing a little girl? <laughs> no, no, but it's just like that's the whole thing is that they're like we, you know, we wanted to get a, a you know, a former child star in here. So could I we like get it being an actual child star? Okay. I think it would be he would be more upset yeah. that it's like and you it's replaced ridiculous. me with yeah. a little girl, like a twelve-year-old girl. <laughs> She's just like sitting in the thing, pressing the buttons, having a good time. And they're like kids today with their with their iPhones. They know how to swipe. They know how to do it. We get her in here. She do a great job. I love how all Hollywood producers great. are, are uh, old Jewish guys so, from New York. Right. So Emma they Nickelodeon were casting in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Emma Nickelodeon. That, isn't there a celebrity daughter somewhere that we could throw in there? Like one of uh, Brad Pitt Angelina's and Angelina Jolie's kids. Any yeah. of them. <laughs> yes. Okay. All of them. I think they're all, <laughs> they're now, all powering the starship. Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> no, no. So, so what about now if we're talking about Fred Kwan's replacement now? What are we looking at? Do we want to have a uh, an, an actual? Is there? I mean, I don't. Obviously, we don't want to put John Cho in there, right? He already he, he already was Sulu, right? So yes, the reboot, right. so Fred we can't Kwan. use him. Well, because especially because I don't know. I feel like I feel like. Especially, it depends. Like, again, if with my idea of wanting them, those are the two that really hit it off. That seems Mr. like Bean. that would be a natural thing. Is that, well, he's not Japanese. But, uh, uh, that, yeah, you would need someone that can kind of play that. Because my first thought, like, it'd be wonderful to throw Ken, uh, Ken Jong in there. You can oh, throw Ken yeah. Jong in anywhere. Dude, but, yes. Uh, right. The yes. two of them, if you think about, like, Ken Jong playing Ken Jong and Tony Shalhoub playing that character, they wouldn't hit it off. Like, they would be night and day. Right, but I feel like they both play funny weird, and so they would both be great funny weird. I feel like he's done that in Community. When he when he lost his mind, he did the like kind of oh, lost he was but so funny good thing. On community, wow! Um, so he, I feel like Ken Jeong could totally pull off that, and like him doing his like, I'm lost, but I'm I can figure it out, and he, I yes, I I'm convinced, Jeremy. Uh, I can get behind Kim Jong. Kim Jong. Jong Il. Okay, well, you are Jung a supporter of North Korea, sir. <laughs> I feel like we gotta throw Kim Jong. Uh, uh, we gotta throw him a bone. He's a well, film lover. Yeah, that that guy who played him in the interview. Oh, right. oh my so now god! This cats. podcast will be banned. <laughs> no, but wait, no. The guy who played Kim Jong in uh, in the interview, he is. Uh, he's amazing. I don't know if you guys have seen him in other stuff, but he is so funny. That wasn't Margaret Cho. No. <laughs> no. Wow. No. Sorry. No, but she played him in some skit that I saw. But I thought. Oh. Do oh, sorry, Margaret Cho. I love you. You're our all American girl, always and forever. Um. But yeah, that guy. I don't know his name, but. So he's 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 going to be playing the Fred Kwan's replacement. Okay. Yeah. Now is he pretty young? Is he a fairly young? Actor? Yeah, he's like late twenties, maybe. Okay. That's good. I thought he was older. Either way, Asian... They can play younger. This is true. Asian people generally can play younger. That's what I was going for. It's not racist. Hate me if you must. Just the facts. We definitely got to have a race episode now. Some of my best friends are Asian. The anyway. next show will be a secret... <laughs> Name two. Uh, uh, oh, the stereotypical white thing to say. <laughs> Who else we got on the list? I think that's really. I mean, that's it for the crew. Um, oh, guy, oh, guy, we have to have a new red shirt. That Ooh, could be no, Rebel Wilson. No, we don't. They what? didn't replace Guy. That's the <laughs> one that they did. So cast. upset about it. 
Oh, that's and his maybe his thing is he's so obsessed he tries to act like to become younger. So he does all this stuff to play yes, younger, exactly. and he's he trying to convince him that he can do off. it. Yeah. <laughs> And he does like Benjamin. He was like, I was in Benjamin Button. I was in, or I don't know, something weird like that. You know, using (laughs) this weird babyfied himself. (laughs) He does everything photoshopping himself and whatever. It's just his voice. He's in CG, and they've taken shots of him in the old shows. Right. He shows up wearing skinny jeans and doing the whole yeah hipster thing. Love it. Or or could we replace his character with a completely one hundred percent CGI character played by Andy Serkis? (laughs) <laughs> of like yes. a 10 or 12 year old boy yes uh, a gremlin 10 or 12 year old gremlin boy that's an alien but yes obviously yeah did we get them all i mean i, th- I think we got everybody i'm trying to think nice. if there's any other new characters that we're introducing just what's her name the jane doe well, I, I guess you're right because they did put her into the series yeah you're right at the but reboot if it is, and that's well, maybe they would just put her. That would be interesting if she got the role. They're like, we couldn't think of anyone else. It simply had to be you. And she's like, but mm-hmm. not Jason. Yeah, that would cause a lot of conflict. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and from, um, what about? Did we cast anybody as the director? No, not yet. So we can the producer or whatever. Well, you wanted Will Ferrell. We want Will Ferrell in it. Will Ferrell. Yes, done. Yeah, <laughs> love that guy. Book it. And then, like, song, what the what was the music for Get music for Galaxy Quest was just it was all orchestral, right? Yeah, that was just score. Yeah. So I don't think we'd have to worry about really a soundtrack, and nobody would be expecting. You know, it's it's not a, again, it's not yeah, a summer no. block. This might be a, a Netflix original film sequel. That's very yeah, possible. That's Netflix. <laughs> we'll, we'll crowdfund it. I want to rethink that cast it. then, but no worries. Well, uh, not with this cast, my gosh. What about uh, like the poster, right? What would yeah. that? I, what was the original? poster like i don't think i even well the poster art i'm i'm used to seeing is tim allen kind of in his disheveled normal guy clothes and that he's kind of in a beam of light that would kind of be right. like you know the transporter and then but then there are other people in their their uniforms their galaxy quest uniforms but so it's kind of just like and then you know there's just kind of a big space background um so it's, it's a pretty you know pretty simple design um, the, the question here would be like, do we want to look at it from the perspective of, uh, you know, like having the two casts facing off sort of, or does that, again, we always come into that. Does it give too much away? Like a lot of the jokes away. Or... I don't think it gives too much away to have them facing off. Yeah. 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 I think, well, one, I, like I think, that. did we, did we come up with a name? How much does the name give away? Okay, well, so there's that. So Galaxy, obviously, I mean, I was the only one I think that had an actual title, and mine was just Galaxy Quest Forever because it seemed we'll like a generic it. movie title. There you go. You know, I thought you had one, Justin. You didn't have one. Yeah, it was Galaxy Quest the reboot. It was really clever. <laughs> I really think we should go with Adams, though. Um, now, now I just wonder, like, do we would we think of it more along the lines of like the Galaxy Quest? Like, because they're making a movie in present day, would they have, you know, that, you know, Galaxy Quest, you know, quest for, you know, quest for power type thing? You know maybe it's like, maybe it's just the Galaxy Quest. <laughs> hey, that's interesting. Because <laughs> they do that, okay. right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that's Star Trek. Yeah, right. Right. Because, yeah, I feel um, like, I don't know, because I feel like Galaxy Quest forever, we don't really have any forever themes going on here. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It, All right. Well, point. my idea win again. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the other thing too that, like, yeah, with the poster, like I said, 
the to to start off, I felt I, I felt like they didn't know how to pitch this movie in the first place. So to now pitch, I mean, like even now, if you got like the what is it the the DVD cover is usually the one where it's just like yeah a beam of light with. Tim Allen standing in the middle and then Sigourney Weaver and Alan Rickman on either side of him. And in the bottom says four stars funny. Oh, and by the way, I just want y'all to know that the, cause I had to get it on iTunes. Uh, now Sigourney Weaver is in the middle and Tim Allen and Alan Rickman are on the sides. <laughs> yeah. They, really? Don't they have those little baby alien creatures? And the little baby aliens yeah. are in there. Yeah. Little green guys yeah, are like, Hey, remember these guys? Cause they were funny. Yeah. That's the special edition DV I own that has a Thermian commentary track. Oh, so for the no. whole movie, it's people going, hey, no, like they just, oh, they don't ever God. say any words. They just make noises that's, and it's wow. really annoying. But <laughs> that's what, the movie the could have been, too. and they didn't do that. It's gonna sell did. DVDs. <laughs> right. They made a, they made a, the well on the DVD where it has the the making of uh, documentary or whatever, where they stay. What's his name? Saris, the bad guy, stays in character the entire time. So everyone talks about dealing with Saris like he was an actual person yeah wow and he was great man i love that performance so yeah it was really good was that was that uh what's his face from uh went out american summer (laughs) no it was not joe (laughs) latrulio terribly sorry um it was actually um a guy who's he he looks like he does mostly voice work which makes sense so sax yeah so but um so so but for the poster are we just saying that it's the two crews basically kind of facing yeah. off and I think it'd be cool to take the, the bright light idea and just have the light shining on one a light shining on the other. What about the two ships? So okay. that, that way you could see the new ship and the old ship. Yeah, the new ship with truck nuts. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So you show yeah the, the like the two crews or maybe maybe not the whole crew but like maybe yeah, maybe right. you do the same thing where you have the big 3 and then you have the other big 3 and then above like underneath them you have the two ships and it looks like they're all like colliding in the middle like exploding out of the middle can say Galaxy Quest forever whatever and it should look like the logo should look like overblown like a big hollywood you know like like super stylized really shiny chrome like the one they use is it has a silver tone to it and stuff but like it needs to look amped up like they're really like selling it like it's and no purple it's all black yeah oh and yeah, the new that and that's the new crew is in all black leather outfits, right. you know. Like, yeah, it's like <laughs> super dark and edgy type thing. Like, Absolutely, like X Men outfits, the exact yeah. original with uh, <laughs> colored <laughs> colored accents. Yeah, yeah, yeah that glow. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that the, the Tron suits basically. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're wearing Tron and, outfits and, and they have glow sticks and they're in an EDM show. <laughs> yes, all of these good. Oh. Jeremy, so did we do it? Did, <laughs> you are you going to fund our again. film? Yes, if Paramount will fund this, we can we can make it. All right. Oh, you're no now it's, you're no longer like <laughs> it's a go. It's like yeah, if somebody else gives there, us there, the money. it's it's more so. Are you going to buy a ticket? Would you be interested you in go. seeing oh. this film? Casting, general plot. Does it get? Does it get you? Hi, I'm Jeremy. I would love to see that movie. Thanks, guys, <laughs> for 
Give yes, me an idea. Yes, I would buy a ticket to that movie. Yay! Hooray! Mission accomplished. Good we job, We won crew. Jeremy over. So any, Sweet. Any final thoughts, Jeff? You want to hit us with a few more pieces of trivia that excited you? Uh, that excited me? Um, <laughs> or I, I, disgusted I, I, you? Or oh, angered you? Sure. You don't have to <laughs> be excited. Up, there was some really weird, other than, of course... The rom, the fact that there actually is a Romulan name generator, <laughs> that was very exciting. That uh, was a great piece of information, isn't I'm, it? Though you gotta, this, how have we lived until this point? I'm gonna name uh, my first baby like that. I'm betting yeah. it looks like a web page made in like 2000, though. Oh, it's like Angel Fire. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> the one, and I did notice it the last time I watched it. I thought that it was it was like a wink where they were trying to do just like a TV show would do. But no, it turns out that they did actually edit it because they wanted to get a PG rating. And so there are certain times where the actors very clearly are saying curse words, but the dubbing over it says okay. something very different. Yeah. So I, I did notice it like the was it the famous one where it's oh, with the, the chompers. When she's like, why do we even have a place like this? And she yells something that she didn't yell. Huh. So, I, And that happens like very noticeably a couple of times, which is interesting that that's actually in the, in the final cut. And not in the like CBS <laughs> show. Exactly. It's not like <laughs> At 2 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> On a Saturday. Uh, it does say that apparently Tim Allen has been hinting that there may actually be a sequel in the works. I'm sure he uh, has. He's hoping for it. I, I kind of <laughs> yeah. think I've heard that before. He can't, that he's all done. He's all out of Santa Claus sequel ideas. He's like, time to go to Galaxy Quest. Oh, that is the next episode, Santa Claus 4. <laughs> yeah. So, so in 2013, there was a Star Trek convention where they voted on the greatest Star Trek movies ever made. Number seven was Galaxy Quest. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's fantastic. And hey, I'll, I'll throw it a little bit here. I did read um, that Patrick Stewart, he did see the film, and he said that originally he had the apprehension, just like everybody else. I thought they were going to make fun of us. He said, I got a good recommendation from a friend. I finally went and saw it, and I was the one laughing the loudest in the theater because nice. it was so true like to what we had experienced. And George, awesome. uh, George Takei, he had the same experience where he just said he loved it because he, he was just like you know and of course you know, he has his antagonistic relationship with William Shatner yes. you know so he was yeah. just like oh when he took his shirt off we all I laughed so hard at that <laughs> that's exactly what we experience so often on the set you know so I, I thought Amazing. that was great that you know the original cast members of Star Trek got a kick out of it so Nice. Which is another one, which not not necessarily is trivia. Like maybe it's trivia, I guess, but because it is on the DVD, it has the deleted scenes, and the deleted scenes, none of them really like. I can see why they were all deleted. None of them were like, oh, why did you cut this one out? Because it just kind of was fluff. But there is one when they're on the planet, and Tim Allen kind of puts his foot up on the on the rock, and then Sigourney Weaver goes. You're playing to your good side, aren't you? What? What are you talking about? Look at your foot's up on the rock and your <laughs> chest is puffed out. Very nice. Star Trek. Yeah, that's but awesome. But uh, two, two, two more trivias that I wanted to throw at you guys. The first one, or I guess it's a two-parter, is that originally it was supposed to be directed by Harold Ramis, and it was supposed to be called Captain Starshine. And apparently... So glad they didn't go with that name. Exactly. <laughs> apparently, Ramis... Um, his his first choice was that it was supposed to be um, 
the main character was supposed to be played by Alec Baldwin, and Disney said, we don't like this. So when D- Alec Baldwin was out, then Harold Ramis was out as well. Wow. Oh. Although I think I think Alec Baldwin would have been great. In, you know, in, Really, he could have played, probably played a couple different roles in this film. Right. I mean, he's... He's, we, we should have, we should have been talking about him in our movie. What, why are we Math leaving Alec Baldwin out of this? <laughs> uh, Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Till next week, never give up, never surrender. We are recording. Yay! Oh, right. Quiet. <laughs> Yay! Welcome to the fourth episode. Fifth episode? This is definitely the most recent. Yay! This week we'll be covering the 90s cult classic Sequel Quest. And now... Nope, Galaxy Quest. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to happen, I know, too. it's going to happen We're all We're going to say that all show. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! And I'm Justin Hammer. And I'm MC Hammer, Jeremy? Yeah! The master of beats is Jeremy. Boom, chicka, boom, chicka, boom, chicka, boom, chicka. Yay. Galaxy Quest. I I did say that right, right? Yeah. Galaxy Quest. Okay. Yeah. Sequel <laughs> Galaxy Quest. <laughs> the sequel Galaxy Quest. Oh, no. Yay. This synopsis is written by Jeff Cross. Black. Uh, we're not going to give away his uh, email address. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you put that on here. He put it on there. It's on IMDb. Yeah, let's not give that out. Yay. We did it. That's it, gentlemen. We thank you for listening to this episode of Sequel Quest and invite you to continue the fake movie fun on social media. Submit your ideas for future episodes to sequelquestpod at gmail.com or sqpod on Twitter. The films and characters discussed on Sequel Quest are the property of their respective studios and license holders. No copyright infringement is intended. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network. <laughs>